This episode of Punk Rock HR is sponsored by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Donald Knight. He's the Chief People Officer of Greenhouse Software. You may know Greenhouse for their focus on recruitment, onboarding, diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging, but Donald is new to the organization. And we have a conversation today about what it's like to get hired as a Chief People Officer during a pandemic. Now, if you're interested in progressive people practices and really thinking about what's next for human resources, well, sit tight and enjoy this bonus episode with Donald Knight on this week's Punk Rock HR. Hey, Donald, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Lori. How are you? Well, I'm terrific. I'm thrilled you're here to talk about all things people and talent and all the good stuff. But before we do all of that, would you tell everybody who you are and what you're all about? Sure. Happy to do so. Donald Knight. I have the fortunate privilege of serving as Chief People Officer for Greenhouse Software. And Greenhouse really focuses on being a hiring company and really helping companies hire better. And every day I get to wake up and think about how do we help unlock the potential of the people here at Greenhouse and then leverage that to help other companies do the same at their organizations. So I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, it's a pretty good job. You're relatively new, if I'm not mistaken, correct? You're spot on. This would be day 78. <laughs> well, all right. So you're new to this job. Why Greenhouse? Why Greenhouse? Great question. I like being a part of a team that is purpose-led and this thought process that Greenhouse is looking to help other companies get better at what is you know, widely known as a huge deficiency in the market, which is hiring people. And what does that process look and feel like? And how do we ensure that folks are able to do the best work of their lives. And so I'm super excited about that. That's part of the reason. I think the other part is being a software company that is focused on people. As you can imagine, like the people team at that company was very intriguing. And so the opportunity to be able to partner and collaborate with folks and help lead some of the impact that we can have in the market and provide thought leadership that I jumped at the opportunity. Well, I guess my next question is why you? Why are you the person for this job? The three things that I've heard since joining that has made me at least feel not only excited, but affirmed me for joining is that I see the world globally and my parents were military, so I moved around a lot. And so that aids in my thought process of, I recognize differences, but I celebrate our similarities and I look for ways to build bridges with other people. I call it building proximity. So I think that is a unique driver that I've been told. I think the second thing is like, I'm a very exciting, passionate person, but I'm equally empathetic for people. And like empathy is like something that is a huge tenet and principle for me and my family and part of the way that my parents helped grow me and my brothers and sister. That level of empathy in a people leadership organization and in a people leadership role, I think is one that pairs well with the culture 
culture. And then last but certainly not least, I like to have fun. And my background is in sales. And so being part of the people team, I look for ways for us to contribute in ways that are maybe non-traditional for most people teams. And I want to have fun doing so. Well, you know, you're a smart guy with a lot of skills and the world of human resources couldn't have more opportunities to change the world of work, right? But I just read a statistic that 98% of people in the world of HR are burned out. So I wonder if you feel that. And I wonder if you're like all in on HR, if you're tired, how are you feeling about this work that you need to do? Yeah. So that the statistic while startling does not shock me. People teams and HR teams across the world do a really good job prioritizing the business and the teams that they support functionally. We do a terrible job prioritizing ourselves and finding ways to create the space needed for us to recharge, relax, and rejuvenate. And so it doesn't shock me some of the things that we're doing is we've implemented or we've continued a process around recharge days. We've also added some additional tools to our mental health toolbox. And I think the last but certainly not least, and your question is rather timely because I actually just drafted an email on this, which is we have these conversations called virtual realities where we talk about some of the hard stuff that people are seeing in a virtual world and not everybody can attend them. And so some of the feedback that I received was, hey, Donald, are you against sharing a sentiment that if people can't attend, can they still take the time that is already optional on their calendar? So it's already blocked out. Even if they can't attend, can they use that time and repurpose it to go rejuvenate and recharge? So like literally hot off the press, I have it drafted. I haven't pressed the send button, but I'll take your question as confirmation that I need to press send. Well, what's the answer? Like, what are you going to let them do with that hour? We're going to encourage them to not only relax and recharge, but also use that time as some intentional time to find the resources that they feel may be helpful given some of the things that we're seeing in the world. And also then share that out. Like let's share that back to the team because folks may not have stumbled upon the same resources. And if there's some tools that we all can be leveraging, let's do so. And so, yeah, we're going to give them that hour. And our leadership team was jumped at the opportunity to be supportive in that regard. You know, I think about this world that we're in right now and everybody's focused on well-being, right? And they're focused on overcoming burnout, but there haven't been a lot of good answers other than to accept the fact that we need to do the work, right, of being great employees and being mission driven. And then we need to take time off and we need to support one another. Like there's a lot of talk like that in the marketplace. I wonder if you're seeing any really interesting solutions other than intentionality. Have you bought anything? Are you like bringing in speakers? Like what are you doing to make this happen? Because I think without real solutions, the conversation will just continue forever. One of the things that we recognize is that the importance of allyship and typically when allyship is discussed is through the lens of inclusion and diversity and equity. But what we have found is that we need to be allies, particularly leaders, for well-being. And it speaks to intentionality, but it also speaks to the way companies are able to grow and generate revenue and profit is because they're intentional about it, but they also add the tools needed in order to drive those types of outcomes or results. And so our team is looking at what are some additional tools that we can bring on? Some that we've seen in the market that we haven't necessarily inked the deal yet, but like we are at least looking is there's companies that focus on metadata. And so you can see how people are trending, which would then allow leaders to be more prescriptive 
not proactive, but prescriptive in finding out, hey, Lori, hey, Donald, you need to go talk to that person because they're trending towards a place that our thousands of companies based on that data tells us, hey, you need to go address that. You need to go create that space. So that's one is adding additional tools. I think there's other companies out there that allow for folks to have that level of calm or headspace needed. And how do you create a benefits strategy that allows for those to also be present? But I think last but not least is bringing the right thought leaders to the table and prioritizing the conversations with mental health advocates, with doctors and healthcare professionals, and prioritizing those conversations equally the way that we would do business results or OKRs or company conversations for the entire company. And so we're looking at the second half of the year and we're saying we've committed to saying we're going to be drivers in having that level of education and bringing in those leaders needed for our teams to not only feel that we prioritize well-being, but really putting some of the action behind some of the words to use what you said earlier to ask the question. So that's why I I see us skating towards. Well, I like that approach because I think part of the reason why human resources and people leaders are burned out is because so many individuals look to us for answers. And we did have to play facilities engineers and location planners and doctors during the pandemic. We had to play all of these roles that are not really authentic. I mean, none of us truly are board certified psychologists, right? So, and yet we were acting like that through the pandemic for our workforce. So it's nice that you're bringing in that expertise on well-being to really drive the conversation to a new level. You know, what's fascinating for me is that so many people in your role, Donald, don't recognize that if you don't do people well at Greenhouse, you can't help other organizations do people well in their companies either. You have to drink your own champagne. You have to be category leaders in attracting and retaining the right people in order to sell your software. I totally agree with you. Diddle underscore retweet. Like, um, <laughs> Sorry. it's not really a question. It's more like, why don't more tech companies get this? They're selling you recruitment software and they're terrible at recruiting, right? It just baffles the mind. Not that I'm defending those organizations by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's indicative of this thought process or mentality that is your company truly people first? And like so many people have focused on the software that impacts humans, they haven't focused on the humans that are actually building said software. And so I think that's where there's a ripe opportunity and a void in the market where people want to hear thought leadership in that regard. The beautiful thing about Greenhouse is that culturally it is embedded. Our founders were very intentional in curating a space and an environment where we do prioritize people. And we do have conversations that say, if this is going to adversely impact our people, why are we doing this? And we deprioritize decisions that are going to not fare well with our talent. Like we're very intentional in that. And so I think that's a huge part of it. I love how you said about we have to practice what we're pre essentially because we're in the people space and you're spot on. It reminds me of airlines, a great airline. One of my friends, he works at Delta and he always reminds us that, you know, when people go through the emergency protocols that most people aren't really paying attention and they're checked out. But he always reminds me, he's like, hey, make sure you put your mask on first and then you can help others put on their mask. And so to your point, if we're making sure that we're growing and prioritizing the people in greenhouse, then we can help other companies prioritize their people in their house. I'm excited to really help others in that regard. Being new in your role, 
gives you this tremendous opportunity to almost start fresh, right? I mean, you've got a legacy, a history of what's been happening in your people function, but you can really set the stage, set the agenda for 2022 and beyond. So what are some of your top priorities for the coming year, for the coming five years, right? You're doing strategic planning. What does that look like? Yeah, you're spot on. There is a phenomenal opportunity to build on the momentum that we already have. And I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that we definitely have momentum. Our people leadership team has done a phenomenal job positioning us where we are today. And so I'd want to make sure that I call them out for the great work that they've done. In addition to that, I think there's an opportunity to continue rowing in the right direction that we're going, but to do so with a certain sense of velocity. And so some of the things that come to mind for me is the future of work and how are we enhancing a value proposition for our people where they can see that their growth will be prioritized here at Greenhouse in the future of work. And to me, that's not just development and creating pathways or a ladder for their career trajectory, but it also means how are we being intentional around gathering people together and enhancing these experiences that allow them to feel that we're nurturing our culture. And I say that to say this, roughly 70% of our organization is distributed. I intentionally use the word distributed because remote to me signals on an island not connected and distributed to me signals we are connected. We're just geographically dispersed. We're so focused on that people experience. That's the number one priority for me is when people experience greenhouse, what do we want them to experience? And it will influence the future of work because our folks are so distributed. What do you want people to experience when they experience the greenhouse brand, right? As employees, as even contractors or vendors, right? What's the feeling you want them to have when they work for you, when they're part of the mission? What is that? We want them to feel that we put people first, but we also want them to feel that culturally that we know how to bring people together in a way that is intentional, in a way that empathy and vulnerability and collaboration are present. I think it's rooted in our hiring process that we do a good job there. I think the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And so the opportunities moving forward is there's so many people geographically dispersed. And as we grow and expand, we have to be intentional in that regard. So I think that's the first one is that people experiences and making sure that they feel our culture, which is huge. I think the second priority for me is like scalable practices. Like we're growing huge. I went to that conference. I saw. There you go. See, so for me, it's around what are some of the processes that we need to enhance to make them scalable? What are some of the processes that we need to sunset because they're not scalable? I've always subscribed to this thought process is that if things can be automated and digital, they're probably scalable. And it's not to say that we dismiss human connection or the human touch by any stretch of the imagination, but there are some things that we can do just a little bit better, minor tweaks, minor pivots that allow us to continue to grow where we aspire to be. So the scalable automation, scalable processes is probably my second priority. Well, you know, I'm curious when you talk about growth because some organizations are like, oh, we're growing. It's crazy around here. And that means five people. And that's big for them, right? So let's put your growth in perspective. Do you have a number? Do you have some sort of way that we can envision the crazy growth you're going through right now? Absolutely. Yeah. So the way I try to talk about growth is through two lenses, one with people and one with the organization. I'll start with the second one just because I think it's rooted on a foundation of people. So the second one being the organization. The organization has grown 50% year over year. If we look at our immediate region, they've actually outperformed the company and have grown 
53% year over year. And so what does that look like as far as people is concerned? Two years ago, our EMEA region had a little less than 10 people there. Two years later, by the end of this year, they'll be at roughly 130 people. And we're at roughly 80 plus today. If we look at Greenhouse as a whole, we're roughly north of 700, and we will probably cross that thousand threshold Q1 of next year, early Q1 of next year. So financially, we're growing. As a people, we're growing. And I think that just magnifies the responsibility that we have on the people team to make sure that we're developing them because people will stay where they grow. So we want to make sure that we're growing people. And then if we're growing people, then we believe that the organization too will grow. Well, have you been to that Dublin office yet? Have I? I am biased towards Ireland. I don't think I've shared this story with you, Lori. So in grad school, I studied abroad at the University College Cork in Cork, Ireland. It's one of my favorite places on the face of the planet for so many reasons. It's picture. You can also stand in places that are so old that it just reminds you that life is short. But yeah, my third week, Daniel and I, we took a trip to Ireland, Daniel, our CEO, and it was phenomenal to be able to connect with so many different people. The beauty is this, though. Typically, when we talk about diversity in the U.S., we talk about visible diversity and races and gender. But when you go to Ireland, diversity is very different. And so I'm happy to share that we have over 19 nationalities represented in that office and roughly 10 plus, rough, it's close to 14, but I'll say 10 plus languages that are spoken by people in that office. And so to be able to see that, it was not only beautiful, but it also taught me that I need to go click down and practice my languages. So I resubscribed to Duolingo as a result. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, Ireland has done a really good job of attracting organizations and talents and they've done a great job just, you know, developing the island in a 21st century way. So in some ways, you're right, diversity used to be Protestant and Catholic or redhead and brown hair. And now it's just, it's so rich. It's so vibrant. Like when I go to Dublin, it could be London at times, right? It feels really good. So I'm with you. Like I love Ireland and I'm so glad that you've had a chance to experience it that way. So you've talked about the growth, right? Is there a third thing you're focused on in human resources as you set your strategy for 2022 and beyond? Absolutely. I think the last one is as we develop our team, it's grooming and I want to make sure that greenhouse is a place where people can bloom. And that means that we have to water them. And so I'm excited about partnering with our partnerships and organizational development team to really dive deep on what kind of annual programming do we want to build to ensure that as folks grow in their careers, they can say that at greenhouse, we've continued to help them grow. And that for me is the foundation of everything that I do. Like I want people to feel like we're unlocking their full potential. And I feel like there's so many companies out there that are full of people, but they're full of people that are unfulfilled because we haven't taken the time to grow them in a way where we're tapping into that discretionary effort. And so I want us to evaluate what we're doing programmatically to help grow them. And I want us to continue to measure from their voices and from their lens, do they feel like we're tapping into their full potential? So I make no ifs, ands, or bones about it. Like I'm very microscopic and zoomed in on, I want to unlock human potential. That's big for me. And it's part of the reason that I do all the things that I do. Well, I love it. First stop, greenhouse. Next 
nonstop main stage at the conferences. You're like a Tony Robbins in the making. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. I don't take that lightly coming from you, Lord. You know, I had this feeling when I was at Greenhouse of just this like mature respect from the workers to the leadership team. There's just like this nice collegiality in so many organizations that try to be people centric. They create codependencies. It's like they've got an attachment disorder, right? You know, and they're looking to the CEO for all the answers. And instead, Daniel and your leadership team with John and you are really about enabling the workers. And everybody I work with at Greenhouse is really, you know, they're self leaders. They're individually accountable. And I love that. It's so refreshing. So congratulations on that. No, thank you. I feel, again, fortunate to have inherited a team that does that. And at the same time, recognize the responsibility to ensure that that continues. So I'm glad that you were able to pick up on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us what's next for you. I like to say it's hot HR summer this year. Like we're all going to take vacations. We deserve it. So you doing anything fun? You going anywhere? I am. Yeah. So my family is probably one of the more diverse families that I know of. And so my sister-in-law, she's Greek and her and my middle brother got married last year. So we did two weeks in Greece. And that's my long way of saying Greece has won me over. So I look forward to going back there and doing some more additional island hopping this summer. And then my wife, she is in residency. And so we've been talking about trying to get out to South America. We have yet to go to that continent. And so we're prioritizing which places we would like to go to, and then we'll end up writing them down. My favorite restaurant in Atlanta is called The Consulate, and they do these spin parties where they spin the globe. The person that's selected to land their finger on the globe, they're blindfolded, and then that inspires the menu for the next quarter. And so we're going to write all these places down and put it inside of a cookie jar, and then we'll have our 11-year-old, Dalen, really pull something out, and that will dictate where the family is going. So those are probably the two biggest things for us this summer. Yeah, I was just like gonna go to DC. You know? <laughs> <laughs> gonna take my niece to DC. That's my hot HR summer. You know? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Literally hot in DC. Well, listen, I hope you and your family have a safe summer. And thanks again for being a guest on Punk Rock HR. I appreciate you, Laurie. Thank you for having me. everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Punk Rock HR. We are proudly underwritten by The Star Conspiracy. The Star Conspiracy is the B2B marketing agency for innovative brands creating the future of workplace solutions. For more information, head on over to thestarconspiracy.com. Punk Rock HR is produced and edited by RepCap with special help from Michael Thibodeau and Devin McGrath. For more information, show notes, links, and resources, head on over to punkrockhr.com. Now that's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR. Punk Rock HR.